0: The Reserve Bank has said no perfected transaction in relation to the Palapala scandal. South Africa has already been grey listed on the basis of the fact that there's too much funny business going on with the money in your country. The Reserve Bank said it's not going to make its report public. There has been no transparency and there's been no accountability. The CISOM for CISO Walsh Experience Podcast. The South African Reserve Bank has made findings about the money which was stored and stolen from the Palapala farm, which is owned by President Cyril Ramaphosa. And those findings have left people frustrated, confused, bewildered, bemused, and fundamentally questioning the credibility of those findings. Let's talk about it. So what did the Reserve Bank actually say? This is the crux of it. They said, on the facts available to it, The South African Reserve Bank finds there was no perfected transaction. And thus, the South African Reserve Bank cannot conclude that there was any contravention of the exchange control regulations. That's what they said. By Dabanyoni estates and, for that matter, by the president. That is because the South African Reserve Bank concluded that the transaction in question was subject to conditions precedent which were not fulfilled and there was no legal entitlement within the meaning of regulation 6.1 on the part of Ndabanyoni estates to the foreign currency. This is very, very, very confusing legal language. Basically what they were saying is that the elements of a contract were not fulfilled and therefore there was no transaction between the president and Hazim Mustafa. That's what the Reserve Bank was saying. And because of all of that, they said there's no violation of Regulation 6.1. And you may be confused because you, you may be thinking, what is Regulation 6.1? What does it say? This is what Regulation 6.1 says. Every resident in the Republic who becomes entitled to sell or to procure the sale of any foreign currency shall within 30 days after becoming so entitled make or cause to be made a declaration in writing of such foreign currency to the Treasury or to an authorized dealer. So now that you know what the Reserve Bank said and now that you know what the the regulation says, let's talk about what this particular finding looks like at one level. And what it looks like at one level is that there has been no transparency and there's been no accountability. Right. Why do I say there's been no transparency? The Reserve Bank said it's not going to make its report public. They merely released these two pages with one paragraph dealing with the question that everyone is worried about in relation to the Reserve Bank, which is the president had tons of money in his furniture, did not declare that money and everybody knows it. So did he or did he not violate the regulations which say that in 30 days you have to declare that money? So by saying that they're not going to release those those investigation procedures, their legal reasoning, any submissions or statements that were made to them, any affidavits, everybody is left in the dark and everybody is left having to rely on trust and trust alone. But that in and of itself is not transparent. What we have in South Africa is a constitutional framework which is built on accountability, which is built on transparency and that transparency here, that standard has not been met. So that's number one. Number two, there's the question of precedent. Precedent is what standard you create as a result of making a ruling or a finding. Basically what the Reserve Bank has said. If you have one million dollars in your possession, U.S. dollars that came into the country without any clarification of how it came in, let's say you just know some Nigerian dudes and you happen to have a million dollars that they gave you because you sold them a pen, as long as they did not collect the pen from you, it's fine. You can keep that million dollars. You don't have to account for it. That precedent is a precedent that is very dangerous, considering that South Africa has already been listed on the basis of the fact that the international financial community said there's too much funny business going on with the money in your country. So for the Reserve Bank, the custodian of the currency to come and make this kind of a pronouncement sets a precedent that I think many lawyers will say is a bad precedent. So so let's underline that. So now we, we, we've we kind of thought about transparency. We've kind of thought about precedent. Let's go back a few steps. Let's go back a few steps because the story about Hazim Mustafa in and of itself is a version that was given by the president. It's a version. That's not to say that it's a real version. It hasn't been tested robustly on a bunch of platforms. If you recall, in the section 89 independent panel, this issue of the allegations came up. Mr. Fraser, and if you go back to the report at paragraph 90, they say that the statements made by Mr. Fraser, which supplemented his complaint to SAPS and the Public Protector, Right suggests that the money was illegally brought into the country after the president's advisor, Mr. Chauke, collected the money for both him and the president on certain trips he undertook to the Middle Eastern and African countries on behalf of the president. Mr. Fraser, Mr. Fraser alleged the following, particularly. Number one, the money was brought to South Africa by the president's closest, ad- closest advisor, Mr. Benjani Chauke. The money was not declared with either SARS or the South African Reserve Bank. Mr. Chauke concealed an undisclosed amount of US dollars in one of his couches at his personal residence in Hyde Park, Johannesburg. This ma- money was later transferred to a couch in the president's residence at the farm with the assistance of General Rood. And the money was transported to the farm with the full knowledge and acquiescence of the president. This were the, these were the original allegations. And the Section 89 independent panel made it very clear that they did not believe the story about the purchase of buffalo. They said in the first instance, it's kind of like a stretch to think that somebody came to South Africa on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, a day where we're all having the, the, the you know, festive And on that day, so rather than everyone just enjoying their Christmas, this guy comes here, you know, Mustafa, and he says, look, I want to buy Buffalo and I want to buy them cash, cash. And he just so happens to have five hundred and eighty thousand US dollars in cash on him. And then they said, look, it's not clear that this money was declared. This is what the Section 89 independent panel said before the Reserve Bank, before everybody made pronouncements, they said this story seems incredible. Furthermore, they said that this guy didn't even take the buffalo. He didn't collect the buffalo. And in addition, the receipt that was given had no details whatsoever. It was just Mr. Nlovu and, uh, you know, Mr. Mustafa, their names there. So, So Section 89 panel already said they don't believe this version given by the president. They actually said specifically that there are many issues with the version that has been given by the president. That's what the Section 89 independent panel said. Then, if you recall, the Democratic Alliance made a PIA request, which is a Promotion of Access to Information Act request to SARS. And they said, was there a declaration of this amount of money when Hazim Mustafa came into South Africa? And SARS said, we don't have that information. On our side, there was Dololo declaration made by this man. OK, so Section 89 panel says, come on, fam, come on. Do you really mean to say that there's a guy who came on Christmas Day, bought the buffalo and left the buffalo and got a funny receipt without any ID, any passport number, nothing, and then left the buffalo to collect whenever? What are the odds? Then SARS said, we don't have a declaration from this man. No declaration whatsoever. And now we get to the point where the Reserve Bank says the transaction was not perfected. And because the transaction was not perfected, they cannot make any determination. What Sars is saying is that, look, there was no sale of Buffalo. Now we have to ask ourselves, how does the version hold up over time with all of the additional information? How does the version hold up? Was the Section 89 panel more believable when they said it is unlikely that this money came from Hazim Mustafa because of the following reasons. Or is the version of Hazim Mustafa believable? Recall, Hazim Mustafa actually did an interview with Sky News and he was on the on the, on the the channel showing them his documents, saying, if you look, here's my declaration, here's this and this. I bought this buffalo. He was wearing his Louis Vuitton or Gucci, whatever brand it was that he was wearing to show us that I have money, you know? But then... What documents was he showing those journalists? Because at the end of the day, SARS said they don't have those documents. So what I what I'm trying to get to with all of this is to say in making this declaration, actually, what the Reserve Bank has done has put us back to square one in terms of questioning the version given by the president. Now, there was some reporting that came out in December from News 24 about Benjani Chawuke, the president's man, scored millions from the Sierra campaign and now travels the world as travels the world on Ramaphosa's business. That's what the article said. And I'm going into this article and it said in the article, you know, that they that they gave, they said that the Minister of International Relations took a dim view of Chawuke's travels uh, because he often traveled to countries that had strained or difficult diplomatic relations with South Africa. So there were pictures here of Chauke meeting, Chawke meeting Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia, him meeting a variety of leaders, you know, from around the world. And we're gonna post that article just here somewhere on the side so that you can see the reference, but also go back and read that article and what it says, because News 24 was suggesting that you know, Benjani Chawuke actually was going around the world and meeting all kinds of people. And they were saying in that particular context, they were saying, this guy is not a desirable candidate to be in the top six of the ANC. But some of the things that they said in December still linger on at the time of this recording. So now you go back and you look at what Arthur Fraser said, Fraser said, This money came from Chauke, he got it when he was traveling through the African countries and in the Middle East and he brought it to Hyde Park and he took it to Palapala. Then you read the News 24 article saying Benjani Chauke was moving around on the president's business, going to Saudi Arabia, going over here, going over there, and they had a problem or they had questions about the money that he had and how he was using money at the December conference. Then you now go to this story from the Reserve Bank saying, how did this guy, uh, saying that they don't actually think the transaction was perfected. What this does, it takes us back to square one to say, what really was the source of the money? That's question number one. You know, when did you get this money? When did you get this money? That's a fundamental and relevant question. And it is a question that speaks to the heart of the democracy, because if we don't know the source of the money, you don't know why that money was given for what particular purposes. Those questions still need to be answered and they have not been answered. And I don't think that anything that the Reserve Bank has said right now takes away the credibility and the validity of those particular questions. Those questions still need to be answered. And this is why I think if you look at some of the actions being taken by political parties to get to the bottom of this, I think this issue is going to still remain in the South African discourse. Then finally comes the logical conclusion questions. If indeed the South African Reserve Bank is correct to say what they've said, what does this mean about the money? Does the money go back to Azim Mustafa? Does the money stay, whatever the remainder of the money that was stolen with the president? Whose money is it? Whose money is it? These are questions that I don't think have gone away. And I do think that everybody who's looking at this particular report is left with more questions than answers at the end of the day. So that's the commentary on the South African Reserve Bank findings. What do you think? Let's have a conversation in the comments. Aye, ah, yeah, yeah. The Seasway and Bob Welsh Experience podcast. Aye.